0: Da, 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 da. You sound
1: insane. You
0: realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously. <laughs> it's
1: Showtime. We are back talking Ninja Turtles with you this week on the Matter About Movies podcast. Hello, Kent Garrison here, joined Is- by my co-hosts Richard Barton and Brian Gill. Hello. Richard, I don't know if you were on our last Ninja Turtles themed. Episode. I was trying to remember that too because I was really
2: struggling through this movie because I
0: I don't know if I I can't remember if I saw it or not. And I was like, I
2: know I, I, I know Kit and I did a throwback episode about the 90, 1990 Turtles movie like right before yeah. we we did the current ninja turtles movie and i know you weren't on the throwback but i don't remember oh
1: that. no that was the same episode that we talked about robin williams passing because i found out robin williams passed while i was seeing this movie i got the uh, cnn oh, alert uh, or whatever okay so i, was I wasn't
0: i think i saw it it's just i know i didn't stay for the whole thing and i was like <laughs> fuzzy at
1: best so yeah yeah well nonetheless brian and i are the tmnt minds of the show I yes. love TM. Proudly.
0: TMNT was my Star Wars as a kid. You guys wow. may not know that about me. That was like my big thing. But I like all things. I I aged twenty years in one year and just at six years old bailed on it and started watching Larry yeah. Sanders.
2: Just discovered Hemingway and just. No, nah, I was wasn't over. like
0: pretentious. I didn't like, like hard kidding. stuff. <laughs> I just liked like I was like, oh, I'm just into baseball now, and I just threw all like my action figures away. Or my mom through well, the Mojave. Something happened.
2: The reverse, Corey Matthews.
0: Yeah, I got into like wrestling and sports. That was it. Yes, and the rest is re- history. Yeah, the rest still, is history. still
1: still in a feverly, feverly. Well, it seems like it was just yesterday they were talking the first movie in this series, and um, quick turnaround. I think they they announced this one the day after the uh, first one came out, and uh, got got right to work on it and uh you got to imagine they're probably working on a third one. Um yeah. it did it did hit number 1 this past weekend. Not a big weekend, only 35 million number 1. Kind of the heat of the summer too. You would think this would be the peak of movie season as far <laughs> as just people wanting to get out and go see a movie. And uh maybe you know the total haul last weekend says that and it was just more spread out than normal because there's more mm-hmm. options now. That might actually be the case. But Nonetheless, the number one movie only making $35 million, uh on a debut is uh, kind of rare, I think. Especially sure. a movie that uh, I went and saw, and this was a completely sold-out screening for me. I, really? I was kind of shocked, because I saw the number before I went and saw the movie. I saw the projection for The weekend. I was like, oh, I'll just stroll in there, go see it, and you know, it'll be, be good. And I almost mm-hmm. had to sit on the front row kind of thing. It was big family film, because the thing about this franchise is... They've got the adults because they grew up on it, and they got the kids because they all have the new show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they've got a great crossover there. I, I definitely witnessed that in my theater.
2: Yeah, I had a lot of kids in mind too, which I hate because we all know I hate kids. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, cause, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we have a few shout-outs
1: to give on the show. Um, we only do this every once in a while. We kind of let them stack up so that we can knock them all out, and uh, we don't hit you with shout-outs every single week this is a shout out week and so uh, i want to thank the people who have donated to the show and these are the people that we're going to shout out for you right now um just a few names thank you to jordan Nautrot for your donation thanks patricia lee robert Rao, ansley parker travis welch ricky dunham piush Kindwal, mark alijanian michael zano and todd binkowski thank you all for your donation so much and I would and,
0: recommend all of you thinking about donating to the show in future. And, and thank you guys that have, um, thank you. And those who are thinking about it, thank you in advance. But if you do do it under the alias of a really hard name to say, just for Ken, <laughs> hey, I nailed, those. I nailed <laughs> those guys. You did. You did a great job. That's your pro. That's Nance yeah. level pronunciation right there. <laughs> Hello friends.
1: Hello guys. Well, I want to say a special shout out to Jordan not and, um, Jordan reached the uh, threshold of a recommend and got to recommend something on the show, but this is no ordinary recommend, fellas. This is no <laughs> regular product plug. This is, this is no follow me on Twitter kind of thing. Uh, this is an incredible recommend that's going to benefit all the listeners. So their recommend is, they have created a Now You See Me drinking game. And please drink responsibly, everybody. Um, but they've been working on this project for six months. And the way you do it, this is this is basically your guide to getting through Now You See Me in preparation for Now You See Me 2, the second act, okay? Gotcha. So the website is drinkwin.ca. Canadians. And, and it's a Canadian, so drinkwin, W-H-E-N, dot C-A. And the Now You See Me game is on the front page of there. So an exciting time. And also, they have created a Mad About Movies podcast drinking game that you can also check out. Uh, there on drinkwin.ca and please drink responsibly. You can drink coke, you can drink water, still have a fun time. That is their recommend. Thank you for the donation. And again, check that out and get prepped for now you see me too. Might be the only way you can get through the movie, honestly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> movie yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. All right So we have a little bit of movie news to talk about. There's only one thing I really want to get to tonight, guys, and it's uh, Star Wars-themed because we're the official podcast of Star Wars because we are contractually obligated to talk about all Star Wars-related news and rumblings. This is more rumbling. This is the rumbling side of things this week. Uh, Rogue One, is it in trouble? Is it not? I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know what to think at this point. I know I definitely think that the producers and uh people at Disney have seen the film or the cut at least the first cut if you will um yeah I don't think there's a score or anything like that on there I I doubt you know half of the CG effects are done at all uh but apparently a negative response or that at least that's the rumor negative response mm-hmm. and uh massive reshoots underway starting I guess next week uh, to hopefully hit a december release date. Yeah. And my my whole thing is and, and the rumor was f- up to 40% uh mm-hmm. reshoots. And that would that might mean all of the dialogue <laughs> honestly. So, um I don't think, you know, logistically speaking, I don't think you can get it done that fast. You can't rewrite a movie basically and uh shoot it and edit it in cohesively in the same amount of time as if you were doing the original story that you've been working on for three and a half, you know, three and a half years. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, they would push this if they were serious about waiting or if they had a real concern. I, I think it's all minor stuff. This stuff is normal. Reshoots are planned just so yeah. they can have time scheduled out for these actors to where if they do need to go back and do something that they do have everybody and they can just go ahead and do it. Or, you know, you can take something further. You say, Oh man, that character turned out a lot more, better than we thought let's give that character more screen time boom sure. you throw two more scenes in there and you give that character more screen time so uh, i think this is all normal chatter and because it's star wars maybe it uh mm-hmm. is blowing yeah. out of proportion a bit and i just want to clarify there are no screenings no screenings have happened of rogue one nobody has they haven't been doing tests i saw a report out there test screenings have been negative there are no te- they don't Test screen yeah. Star Wars. Test because, screenings
2: with executives. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean they'll show the producer, you know yeah, exactly. the, the people making the film and the people that have to decide these things have to see the movie. You know, they have to see what we have here. Um and I, there's no way that they, they don't do screenings because the next day some idiot's gonna tweet everything. They don't care. <laughs> it's it's Star Wars. They they don't test screen Star Wars. They didn't <laughs> nobody saw The Force Awakens before they wanted people to see it. I promise you. Or the people to the right, the pe- only people that saw it were uh, under lock and key. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, it's. I think it's a lot of nothing. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the greatest sign of if all this stuff is true, which I tend to believe about half of it. I don't think it's the idea that it's forty percent that they're trying to redo. I feel like is is pretty well blown out of proportion. They had reshoots scheduled to begin with. The what I had heard is that the footage came back uh, a little too gritty for PG-13 Star Wars. And so, like, I had seen that Darth Vader is super violent and maybe behead some people and, you know, things like that. So, to me... Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know. I know. Um, things like that that are, that are tonal issues... That's pretty easy to fix if you want to go back and reshoot some stuff. And again, they already had reshoots planned. It's not like they were like, oh crud, this is terrible. We gotta we gotta get into the back into the drawing board here. No, they they knew that they were gonna do some of this stuff. Maybe it ended up being more than they thought it would, but I, I do feel like it's a lot about nothing. Um as I said on on Twitter to pretty much anybody who, who came at us about or not came at us, but like asked us what we thought about it. I just said this movie is not supposed to come out until December 18th or something like that reshoots in May and June do not bother me. It's, you know, if we're having reshoots in October or November, as was the case with like Batman V Superman, where they were doing reshoots in February, if not March, yeah, I mean, yeah, trying to rush something different onto the the screen. That's a, that's a different story. My only quote unquote concern would be when that first cut came back
0: and they were only kind of jacked. I mean, there, yeah. was, there was hell to pay. Oh, on the set.
2: There was so much, so put, much slinging of uh of empty monster cans. Guys, have you seen J.K. Simmons right now? Oh my gosh, it's so. I'm he. We joked we thought about it was that. a joke, and it's yeah. not. It's not a joke. When he oh, got I'm,
1: cast, I think we definitely uh, joked on the show. Oh, oh, what if he gets jacked? Oh, that would be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> he, no, she, they just posted a picture. He has veins popping out of his
2: yeah. face. Richard, if you haven't seen it, go on our Twitter feed right now and look at it. It's it looks the, like Photoshop. It looks Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The vein, one vein in his arm, is stronger, is thicker than my entire arm is right now. Like, <laughs> how can you play? He's Commissioner Gordon.
1: Why do you know. have to be Jack to be Commissioner oh Gordon? Oh, My God,
2: Commissioner Gordon actually breaks necks in this movie. So <laughs> he's got to be ready. What? Got to be the ready. Heck, I that's I, like I don't know. Bit. How that's does he? How
1: big. does? Snyder convince him to do that because does he just point out a comic book picture and say that's what you have to look like because that's this is what it looked like in the comics? Like, that's makes, the only explanation I can
2: think of. It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. Oh, they've got to get, I mean, they've got to get out one of these of guys this. is gonna die. Yeah, like it's getting, like,
0: we're reaching critical mass here. Yeah, I mean, he's Jake not King a young Simmons
2: guy. is like 65 years old. Like, don't,
0: don't I get, do like, this, I kind dude. of get the like sort of carnal, um. Very macho sexualization of like a superhero, right? Like, I kind of get that appeal why you would want all your superheroes to be giant, but like your character actors, like, that's so <laughs> weird. We should Gordon, guys. <laughs> man. Yeah. That's I'm not... honestly surprised that I got Crispin wasn't Glover to play uh, the the Riddler, but don't <laughs> worry, it's super yoked. We got him on a creatine regimen. Like, oh, wow.
2: why? <laughs> oh, man. What if. Did... Anyway, Rogue one, right? one. Super Jack Crispin Glover. <laughs>
0: the internet has like, just bro. been
2: crying out for that for decades, really. Yeah. Since the ad, that's actually how the internet got invented. It was the first uh, message board was that's, Jack Crispin I, Crispin was, I hadn't
0: seen, I hadn't been on our Twitter tonight. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I honest, I honestly feel like I'm either dreaming or one of these messing with me. I can't. Stop, I, will I
1: can't believe that hasn't gone completely <laughs> viral at this point think it just came out tonight I think it just
2: came out yeah kind of Not,
1: grief gosh And I can't wait for the Photoshop like battles that are gonna happen with that picture oh he's man he's just flexing so hard
0: but don't oh. worry there's some good comments on it like um, oh. Jason on the shore says wow who knew Juno all cap Juno's dad was such a workout warrior
1: people are proud of him I, he, I, I'm more concerned than proud but anyway back to Rogue One how do we get this? How do we get no, on this got, tangent? We got
0: 55 more minutes on this and then we'll get into Rogue One again. No, I'm kidding. No, this What are your not... thoughts on Rogue One? Yeah, Richard? All this stuff. Well, I I feel better now because I, I uh you know, I for some reason I thought that there were reshoots scheduled for later in the in the fall. So I was starting to get nervous, but I'm I'm reading back. I must have misread stuff. So yeah, if they're doing it now, that can be fine. I mean, I'm I i do not think it means anything. I am not encouraged yeah. or discouraged by it. You know, I think I'm I'm sure there have been very good movies that we liked a lot that did reshoots the year of release, and there have been dr- absolutely dreadful movies that did reshoots year of release, and this could be either one of them. I think the trailer looks pretty awesome, and that's yeah. normally kind of the—I mean, a it's you a know, good start. man of steel can, can fool you. So the, I the trailer, saw the
1: trailer is- during this movie. I think Same. actually, so trailer isn't even altered the trailer or anything. If they're that concerned, yeah. they would have pulled the trailer at this point. You know, right? I don't know. So-
0: so i don't know i just think you know the i'd be pretty surprised if it was bad if it is that's all right okay we'll we'll adjust from there but uh I you know and i'll be the first one to say if it is but i, I i'm not concerned i i feel if brian's calm then i'm calm
1: yeah world war z is kind of the go-to example that we yeah. know of of there some of a movie yeah. that had issues didn't I guess didn't test well. That that's a kind of a movie that you would test with an audience because mm-hmm. you you kind of know what you're going to get with Star Wars. A lot of people are going to come see it. Uh, yeah, you don't really need to test uh, to see if gauge people's interest. But with World War Z didn't catch on. They were panicking. They brought in another director, I think, and uh, changed it around, and actually ended up reshooting half the movie in reshoots and that third act is um the result of that and ended up turning it around and, and it was well received critically and commercially and that's a a case we talked about in that episode if you want to go back and listen to it that's a case of simply knowing what to reshoot and uh knowing how to put a story together at the end of the day yeah. so yeah um, yeah they
0: uh that if you ever like see that original cut it it is truly awful that was more like just cutting out storylines and shooting a quick ending that makes it make sense. But yeah, yeah that original World War Z was, is awful. It's yeah. really one of the worst movies ever made and they turn it into like a B plus. It's really
2: impressive post-production. Yeah. yeah. Made a good chunk. They should Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Titanic is the same way. Titanic is the one that kind of comes to mind that it was way behind schedule, millions and millions and millions of dollars over budget reshoots, all that kind of stuff. And that's the highest grossing movie of all time. So, I, you know, exactly. This stuff doesn't... Oh, yeah, second cover, too. My bad. Uh, this stuff doesn't really worry me. I, I, I would say my only concern is that to get it right, maybe you have to push to next year. And I don't want that because I want Star Wars every year for the rest of my life. But, um, you know, if if you have to say... If you kind of have to bite the bull and just say, look, we, we don't feel like we can get it right by December. It's going to be a June release or something. Then, fine. I'm surprised they're
1: going with... maybe. The- Christmas has proven to be a bigger financial time than uh, as far as people mm-hmm. going out and watching movies than summer, but I would feel like the episodic Star Wars films would fit better in summer, and these anthology would be great for winter. You know, because the Force Awakens felt like such a summer movie to me. Yes, yeah. this, this feels definitely a win- like a winter movie. I don't know if that. I don't know if pushing this to summer would be better for marketing.
2: Yeah, From a
1: marketing standpoint. I, I kind
2: of think their whole bit is just by releasing them in December. You, you're right. They all feel more summery, but it's a it's such a different market. You don't have to worry about what's coming out for a month after the movie comes out, really, you know, at least as far as blockbuster type right. stuff goes. So you can maybe your 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 end of the day haul is a little bit less than it would have been. I think Force Awakens maybe makes a little bit more money overall if it comes out. In June or July instead of December, but you just get to completely dominate the media cycle for, for two months, three months, you know, and that's, that's worth Mm -hmm. a certain amount of, a certain amount of money anyway. I don't know if it all comes out or not, but
1: yeah, I think there's certain aspect to this story as well is maybe they didn't know what they were getting when they hired Gareth Edwards to make this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe Gareth, maybe they just said, Hey, make your movie. You're a great director. One of those types of situations they trusted him a lot, yeah, and they got the result of that and weren't too happy mm-hmm. with they thought yeah. they were going to get something different and that's their yeah. fault probably and sure. I'm sure they probably had that conversation hey, this is a great film, but it's not the film we want this to be yeah uh, that that's a conversation they probably had to have but right uh, i I want to see the original cut in that case director's cut if if that ends up happening sure but uh I'm excited for the gritty tone. I think yeah, the, yeah. the the gritty tone is what these kind of side movies need. I don't think they need to feel like to c- be confused with the other Star Wars films. You know what I mean? They're they're their own thing. And sure, I just I, I want this to be different uh, in a way. It's fine if it's the same. If it's the same. Um, if they go for more a uh, heroic feel than ra- than a rather dark feel. You know, I'm I'm fine with that. But um, I want these to be kind of standalone you know almost different genres kind of um Mm. if that makes sense i don't know Uh, i heard they were doing sort of a seven samurai movie with jedi at some point you know what i mean like they could do they do martial arts more and and they can experiment more with these movies and then you can you can get away with uh with the way when you have these type of characters rather than a luke skywalker or somebody like that Mm. so uh I'm excited. I I hope it's, I hope it's a really original look or take on star Wars and they don't water it down too much. Sure. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know, it's time to talk about blue apron. If you haven't tried out blue apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, so I guess uh, let's just move on, guys, and talk about Ninja Turtles.
2: Brian, I guess I'll let you start this one off. I love Ninja Turtles as a kid. It's like my favorite show. Um, I don't love these movies. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Like, I, I don't like this kind of movie because, um, I just I can't like. We kind of we I asked what our, our our listeners thought about it, and and uh, kind of the collective consensus is that average moviegoers are at least enjoying the movie if not thinking that it's it's pretty good and and i you know i don't want to speak for you guys I, I i did not enjoy this movie and i didn't uh i definitely don't think it's good and and i i don't like that i don't like when we i don't like coming across as like pretentious movie critic guy um you know i i feel like i, I quite but that enjoy That is your license plate which is weird. i know i know well on my other car. One of them is just KFBR 392. But, <laughs> You're right. Uh, sorry. That one caught fire recently. So On your Miata? Yeah. Your Miata <laughs> caught fire? Yes, yes. Um, Those bras on the front heat <laughs> up in the engine. <laughs> That's a block Uh Anyway, I just... I don't like coming across like that. I feel like I really enjoy dumb action throwaway blockbuster films. But, I don't know. Maybe I don't anymore. Maybe I'm just... I'm aging out of that part of my life or something. Cause I, I really did not enjoy this at all. And I think it's definitely better than the first one, but that first one is an awful, awful movie. And so I don't know that that's aspiring to, uh, to do much. I, I think that original cartoon I've watched a little bit recently with my with my son. Um, and I still think it's pretty solid for for a, you know, kind of Saturday morning cartoon. I think it's pretty good. And the new one's really good. I'm really enjoying watching that. We rewatched uh the nineteen ninety movie recently. And it's, you know, it's cheesy and, and kind of uh over the top, but I don't I don't feel like it's I think it's a pretty decent movie. And I looked at its Rotten Tomato score and it's at forty percent, which Surprises me a little. I don't think that it would be seventy percent, but I would think closer to closer to fresh. I, I I think that's a decent film, especially for what it what it is, you know. Um, but these just they're not good to me, and I don't I don't enjoy the it may maybe it's just my age, I don't know, but I I, I don't enjoy the the way in which they completely ignore story and any sort of like character development that, that matters. I, I think this one more than, than the last one, even, uh, wants to be a, well, it's a kid's movie, but it wants to be more than that. And that's, that's a problem to me when you, when you don't have identity, if you're this bad on the plotting and this kind of, it's almost slapsticky most of the time. And really, you know, you just kind of expect fart humor at any moment. Um, If you're going to go that route, then, you know what, take out the curse words and make it a PG movie so that I can take my kid to see it, you know? And this is, I just, I hate when movies get stuck in the middle when they're clearly dumb to the point of this is just a kid's movie, but they don't seem to know that. And uh, anyway, I want to hear what you guys have to say about it because I was kind of beaten down (laughs) watching it and then knowing tonight, coming on, knowing that it seems like most viewers at least sort of enjoyed this and I, I really didn't and I, I never like having that uh, feeling. So, I don't know, what what did y'all think?
1: Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this but I don't think it's a good movie. Um, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I wish um, I had that. that was I, my... I hated, I hated about 50% of this movie but mm. for other 50% I really, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, this is, this knows exactly what it wants to be and that's just a stupid fun throwaway summer movie. Um, the first one had no idea what it wanted to be. It was too serious. It was a movie called Ninja Turtles that didn't even focus on the Ninja Turtles. It was an April O'Neill movie, and she was bad, and they completely retell the origin story of the turtles but messing it up, and uh, that's a movie that, talk about reshoots, or they had to change a lot of stuff in that movie mm-hmm. um, with the shredder, and I have a lot of issues with the first movie just on how they just gave old TMNT fans, the middle finger uh, yeah. on a lot of stuff. And I, I I, never got past the, okay, Shredder has to be this uh, samurai ninja guy. I don't understand why William Fichtner couldn't have been Shredder. Um, I'm totally okay with messing up, messing around with the villains and the origins of the villains because TMNT so far, in the cartoon series especially, every villain we get, they're the same villains, but they're told in a different way every time. Every time they bring up, uh, you know, Baxter Stockman, he's doing something different, or he becomes somebody different. And uh, so the thing I like about this series is that this is just the latest version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's not the last version we're going to get of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I, I kind of just enjoy the, the all the different interpretations of the characters. And man, I love these characters these characters. I love the turtles so much yeah. and almost everything with the turtles. I really like, and uh, I think they spend too much time trying to bring in other characters. And especially with this one, there was like bebop and Rocksteady and Casey Jones. There's no point in them even being in this movie when it's, when it really comes down to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fun that they threw them in there, but they don't have to work them in. They don't have to give Casey Jones his own storyline and, we're following him and he's going for April and then he has to, he has to, you know, find B up on Rocksteady. And so in the third act, we're getting the turtles doing their, you know, big third act. And then it keeps cutting away to Casey Jones looking for B- I, I just didn't, I didn't like any of that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that character at all. I think the 1990s version of Casey Jones is way better uh, yeah. than this version. And that's not what you want um, for a, uh, basically a uh, small indie movie that costs $4 million to look better and be a better character than what you've done here. Yeah. Have I had all yeah. this time to think, you know, to develop the character and everything. But hey to Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. And the consensus, Brian, I've seen on Bebop and Rock City is like, oh, couldn't get enough. Loved them so much. I from like as soon as they morphed, I was like, ugh
2: yeah and they, it was they, boat, they were the
1: fart joke that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. you knew that yeah. you just weren't going to get anything of substance, and the characters themselves were shoehorned into the even the animated series in the, in the eighties, you know, like they made the action figure and like these these guys look cool. we need to get them mm-hmm. on the show, and uh they never really have any purpose other than just looking cool and being dumb sidekicks or dumb side characters sure and uh so that was just one more thing to add on to this. And there's just too much going on here to tell a cohesive story, but the tone is way better than the first one. It's a way better directed film than the first one. It's way better at uh, developing the turtles. Like we really get a lot of time with Donatello in this movie. And Raph really has his moments in this movie as far as um, from an acting perspective. And And my only complaint with the turtles would be they, I understand, you know, Michelangelo is funny, but you have to use him sparingly. And, um, mm. that's my, that's my comment on that. Um, there's too much Mikey and, and it's almost dumbed down even more than it was in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and that's a character that the, uh, 2012 series has done great things with. And let's look at this differently, Brian. Like, how would we feel about these two films had have we not known twenty twelve turtles was a thing, and the only thing we had was the eighties cartoon and the first movies.
2: Yeah, how would we feel
1: about this, knowing what we know now? I guess not knowing what we know now, but
2: yeah, that's a good question because I I feel like this new the new series kind of I feel like it shows you can do this halfway intelligently even if it's a cartoon on nickelodeon like that it does, show it doesn't even have anything to do with well. the
1: animation like you yeah can, totally yeah. you have it's, your eyes closed and those stories are great and they're well written yeah. and everything yeah. and the characters are funny and the I, the yeah. humor is smart you know sure. um you could you could take one of those scripts and use these same cg characters and it would be a
2: better experience mm-hmm. i think yeah no, I they agree. just have a better vision for the turtles yeah no i agree with you i <laughs> You're right. Like this is a this is a better directed film and than the first one was, and it's. I guess it, it. You're probably right. It has better identity. Maybe I just don't like its identity. I don't know. I. I hate talking about this kind of movie on this show in some ways because it just it seems really dumb to critically try to break down this this kind yeah. of film in some ways, and so maybe that just makes me look stupid. I. I didn't hate this i hated the first one i'm totally with you on that and i'm kind of i kind of blocked it out i I, and i didn't go back and rewatch it which i usually do before i go see a sequel um i I just straight i was like no i don't want to relive that at all and but as you were talking i kind of remembered some of the stuff that i really hated about that first movie and so yeah this isn't this isn't an upgrade but it's not it's still a pretty bad movie and i guess i guess my point would be that I'm kind of done with franchise films that we that are easily written off as, well, it's just for the fans. It's not for critics or it's not for... Because we live in a world where Force Awakens exists and where Marvel exists and where even like Fast and the Furious exists. You know, these movies that are big and ridiculous and over the top, but they're also good movies or at least good within... The, the sphere in which they operate. And so, like, I don't know why this can't be both. Why can't this be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that is fun and uh, ridiculous and kind of stupid and pays, you know, kind of uh, fan service, but also is decent enough that you can, that I can sit through it without rolling my eyes and groaning and that I could enjoy... Being a part of as a critic and as a fan of the films, you know, like I just don't yeah. know why that that why do we have to differentiate between those two? I think things?
1: it I think it has a little bit to do with the source material in a in a way because yeah. the '80s you go back and watch those '80s cartoons they're so ridiculous yeah and sure it you you almost go back and watch like I liked that you know it's it's almost that bad. And so there's almost like you have to have a cartoony feel to all of this. Like you have to have those like kind of cringy moments in this. It can't take itself too seriously.
2: Yeah, I agree with the
1: biggest mistake.
2: I agree with you. But what this reminded me of more than anything was the Scooby-Doo movies. And I don't feel like that's ever (laughs) a thing that you should ever aspire to be. Like no one should ever be like, we're making this film and here's our pitch. And it's, it's going to be a little fun and kind of dumb and quirky, but people love it. And it's just going to have this, it's going to be totally like uh, the second Scooby-Doo movie. And I don't, nobody wants that. And even the people involved well, with those scooby maybe, maybe Matthew Lillard, but um, it's just, <laughs> it's just happy that somebody remembered his work. Um, this, well, yeah, this felt more like Sam Raimi to me. Like, yeah. I felt like Spider-Man. it was trying to be Sam Raimi and it, and it wasn't that was that's a that's exact. I, I noted that at some point in the movie. I'm like, I feel like Uh, what's the director's name? Dave Green. I feel like Dave Green is probably a really big Sam Raimi fan. And this is kind of He's, his I'm take kind of like her, on it.
0: Because a lot of really hardcore movie listeners or fans that are listeners of the show, they have there's a lot of in the Venn diagram of that. There's a lot of Sam Raimi fans. I have like I just never have gotten that aesthetic. Like, I just don't get like like not ever fully committing to camp
1: it's like just either be
0: john waters or be steven spielberg
1: i don't agree yeah
0: like this it's like he makes
1: serious movies but with bright colors yeah it's a weird
0: thing and people love it and i'm not saying it's dumb or awful or anything because it's just not ever been anything i could connect with on any level same and so um yeah this definitely had that feeling to it i just i that was was gonna be my i'm so glad you brought a brain because i've said that about him in the past that was my biggest complaint with this movie it's just like either just make it stupid mm-hmm. and make it for three-year-olds or right do something interesting with it don't straddle the line and, and straddle the line scene by scene
1: yeah what, i think this movie does a way better job than the first one like the first one if they had given them the okay, they would have made that like an R-rated movie. Like, it was that kind of movie. Like, we're going to even tone it down for PG-13. This felt like, let's make a PG-13 movie. Uh, more of a, It felt like more of a family movie than the first one did. More of a light-hearted summer blockbuster than the first one did. Um, and I don't know if you felt that way, Brian, but I, I felt this was more of a kid's movie than the first one was, too. I did, too, so don't, don't have Casey
2: it. Jones... Dropping yeah. the S bomb, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. I, look, I'm not. I don't feel. I, I'm not somebody. I don't curse very much in in real life, and uh, but I'm not sensitive. Like I'm not precious about my, about cursing or anything like that. But there's no point I, in having it I, in this. I, yeah, there's exactly. Really no and, and and I'm well aware. Like 1990, it was. I was seven when that first movie came out, and it was a really big deal. The turtles and I run, in that movie. Yeah, they? I know. And yeah. and that was a they they say damn like five times mm-hmm. at some point. You know, and so. And that was a really big deal in my uh, in my household of like whether my brother and I were going to be able to see it or not because, you know, the turtles cuss and things like that. And I get it like that's a you know, that was a debate. Um, I don't really care about that, but I don't need (laughs) I don't need S-bombs and uh, son of a, you know, all that stuff. Like I just scale it back guys, so that I could have taken my kid to see because he is right at the prime age where he totally if he sees an, if he hears a ninja turtle say a curse word he might come home saying that and i don't want to deal with that at three years old. you know what i mean like it just there's no but he already point. has a
0: very foul mouth oh well me.
2: he's he, been he around ri- he's been around richard twice so it's just like <laughs> oh man no it's it's just in my re- in in re- you know in fairness to both of us we were both hammered <laughs> right the
0: right end, end, so
2: yeah it's just it's just a little frustrating on that front because yes this is a kids movie and i feel like i feel like it hurt itself not just by the fact personally that i can't take my son to see it that but but moreover i think if you if you do get a pg rating and you kind of can even amp towards that even a little bit more i think it gets a pass from critics and maybe it's not fresh on Rotten Tomatoes but it's better than 35%. Maybe it's 50% and everybody just says, "Uh, eh, it's a decent kids movie introduction to a property that people really like." You know what I mean? Like that's that's an easier I feel like that's an easier sell than um, "Hey, 13-year-old, you're going to love this really stupid, campy, <laughs> yeah. kind of ridiculous turtles movie." Do you have any connection to the Ninja Turtles? Probably not, but you'll love it. And clearly that has not worked given its box office. number. You know, I, I just
1: I just think the turtles themselves, the title yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that that in itself is the hardest sell. It's just such a ridiculous thing. Oh, yeah. Like yeah.
0: We're the perfect age where like we just took it. I, it's funny to me to think about because I was, you know, gosh, you know, from two to six, you know. 70% of my brain was consumed with ninja turtles. And like it's just like they, I mean, just think about that. I've known that phrase since I was two. So just ninja turtles are a concept that I just right. understand. And like if you were if you were to explain that to like somebody that's been in a cave for 70 years, be like, oh yeah, this is probably their ninja, they're, you know, giant. They're teenagers also. Um, so they're a little immature. <laughs> yeah. But they're they're trained the in the ways of in the in the <laughs> arts of of martial arts and they're they're giant. Turtles and they talk and they they have different personalities. One's got an anger problem. One's kind of fun Loves pizza. This one loves pizza. Yeah, and they're not character. just on their own. They have a giant rat that also like. If you were just explain that, right. and so keep in mind that's what you're doing to a lot of the like teenagers that didn't grow up with it and didn't have that just beaten into their brain at two. Like this is just a normal thing you watch on Saturday mornings. <laughs> they're just like what? you know like how confusing would that be? We're of the age where that's. That's normal, yeah, that's a, but it's that's like a great point. I hadn't thought of that. That's hard to sell. Like I'm I'm speaking to your point as well. Like like that's hard to sell to the thirteen year old you're planning to go that's gonna go with his bros on the first weekend of summer to go see a movie. Yeah. You know, Megan Fox helps, that's for sure. But you know, maybe they're like, What you know, what what is this? What weird mm-hmm. like who what were these people on? What <laughs> yeah. level of Japanese were they? Like there's like <laughs> it's just it's it's a really bizarre concept in a back,
1: but yeah, greatness. I, I think so too. It's it's a hard sell, and that was a great way to that was a great way to say that. I think the turtles themselves, the actors that do them, do a great job. <laughs> uh, especially Donatello for some reason. Sure. Like that actor uh, Jeremy Oscar. Howard is very Oscar good. Uh, Pete Pete <laughs> yeah, and Jeremy Howard as Donatello. <laughs> <What> if, <laughs>
0: I'm going to tell a story. One of my really good friends, uh, John Mark, who both of you guys know, um, he went. I got to get a verdict on this, and I'm going to get it from you guys and the listeners if you're, you're so kind. Speaking of verdict, I will go see Alice through the looking glass at some point in the next week and get an episode out. I haven't forgotten. it's just been busy. But anyway, my friend and his wife went to a costume party, and they both went as Donatello. I say Lane. You can't. Yeah, you I can like the that. Ninja Turtle bit because you can't be the same Ninja Turtle. Yeah, but they're, not, they're, they're not both favorite guy. was both Donatello.
2: That you you then as a,
0: as the you know one of you be the bigger person and, and yeah. be
2: Leonardo. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm with you, Richard. I've, okay. I vote with you. Yeah. Good. Ridiculous. And it's it was really weird that their ninja their Donatello's were both wearing Spurs jerseys too. <laughs> I like I knew it was, was coming. Totally it was totally out of character. It should at least be a Knicks jersey. This <laughs> film with
1: oh yeah. So this thing starts off, and I hated that the opening credits with like yes. the leader Leo. That,
2: why do that? The why brains, do that,
1: Mikey? You know, and, and like, and why are they calling him Mikey, Donnie, Raph, and Leo? Like, it's Michelangelo, Raphael. Like, why do? that that because was like that started off like that. And I was like, oh god.
0: Renaissance art, bro. You, that won't kick <laughs> it with the kids, I know, fam.
1: Exactly. It's like uh, so patronizing the teenagers, great. like. They're trying no. to rewrite the turtles, and that's that's a little frustrating. It's not. That's it's not Michelangelo. Flag. People are gonna only Isn't call there... him Mikey now, and it's gonna be really like, like Michelangelo can be called Mikey because he is like the the teenager one of them. Mm. It, it's just weird to call him Donnie <laughs> instead of Donatello. It's just yeah. I don't know. They do and that. They, I,
0: know, I realize they do, not, do that. Yeah, he's not just named just after the Renaissance artist. He's named after you know <laughs> the, the <Walberg>. older
2: <laughs> the older Wahlberg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. you're good.
1: All right. <laughs> Uh, but I mean so it started off with an eye roll for me there, but yeah it Maybe. uh it kind of won me over with some of the early scenes, them just kind of swinging through the, the Megan city Fox at the beginning. Scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. The uh <laughs> I, I think the Madison Square Garden thing was kind of clever, how they were like in the scoreboard and stuff, and they have like these kind of secret tunnels that kinda go around the city. I I always thought there's I'm always I'm those... a
0: sucker for any hidden tunnel. And oh. any... Yep.
1: <laughs> exactly. One of my things. Love it. Not kidding. <laughs> so funny. It's like that's what makes Shawshank so good. <laughs> Agreed.
2: Great. Great way to <laughs> nice stop All the, the performances. Everyone loves a tunnel. Nope, just the tunnel. Down oh, the script Not the Stephen Michael King Welch's story. but yeah. <laughs> so what stuff. did
1: we th- what did we think of uh I what do we think of Will Arnett in this Here, movie? More it. about it.
0: He's, he's awful. I love so job. I, I love job. It's just he's I can't deal with him anymore. I
2: love Will Arnett in other things besides just arrest development, but this is not one of those things. I thought he might be the worst part of that first movie, and this is not, not a lot better. He's
1: definitely not the worst part of this movie. I will say that, but it's not a, it's not a vast improvement. It's right. a slight part improvement. Part of it's just because There was, there was a couple sunny funny moments with him, but yeah. uh, overall it was better than the first one, but it's still not a character that we need no. to continually, we must have in this series in order for it to continue, you know? Um, what about uh, Megan Fox? You mentioned it and that uh, schoolgirl scene thing. <laughs> it was so dumb. Why? What? Why it's did just, we need that?
2: We don't. And a, and another example of like we've really got to reach fourteen year olds with this movie. I, you know, she was really good on New Girl. Um, this mm-hmm. year she had a, she had a little run there, and and kind of the same thing. Like she's seen very self aware and knows what she, who she is and what she's capable of. And so I don't think that she's. The worst part of these these movies at all. And and I I don't even mind the casting of her. I it's just it's odd to say, like, I don't think this person's very good at acting, but I don't I don't mind her presence in the movie. And it has nothing to do with her looks or anything. She just she seems to kind of get it and she does fit this sort of film. If you're gonna just make something really dumb and over the top, she kind of is the perfect April O'Neil in a lot of ways. But you also you could try to write something for her that is not just immediately her, yeah, getting into a tilted kilt outfit. You know, like it's just uh, it was an odd tilted way to kilt start outfit. outfit. <laughs> That's a great.
1: It's called it's called a Catholic schoolgirl. I think I,
2: I know. Prefer, it, I, I, yeah,
0: but it was weird tilted kilt product placement.
2: <laughs> yeah, just wanted to get our sponsor in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the jalapeno poppers were out there and onion rings <laughs> and all kinds of stuff.
1: That's funny. I didn't see a point in uh, the the Shredder being, like, a character in this
2: movie. 100%. And that's, that might be my biggest complaint, is I want Shredder to be the villain. I want yeah, Shredder, I know Shredder to be the Shredder. Part. Yeah, totally. I, I know Krang is a big part of both cartoon series, but it's always kind of, like, as an aside from Shredder. Shredder's the guy. I want Shredder in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. And is he in the movie for five minutes? I don't... I'm not yeah. sure. So sure. Yeah. He,
1: he is but i hated that he was unmasked the entire time it's a different actor it's it's doesn't look anything like the actor that they had in the first movie so that's kind of weird i don't know how mm. he survived the fall in the first movie first of all and uh it it felt like darth vader walking around without a helmet for the entire movie kind sure. of yeah. you know that's just like i don't it's not what i want in darth vader i want him to be masked villain mean guy and not uh kind of this mobster kind of guy. He was weird. Um And his costume was way more toned down. I did appreciate that, but you could have given him a cool mask, I think, or one mm-hmm. that he would yeah. wear for more than one scene in this movie. But um as far as the Krang thing, there's almost no context there at all. No, no exposition there at all. As far as uh yeah. explaining where Krang came from, who he is he just kind of shows up. And if you don't know Krang,
2: your host you're, you're, you're yeah. like
1: that's just a brain thing talking and you don't yeah. know what it means and that's kind of just something for the fans but they ended mm. up making it the whole third act and <laughs> the the voice like it was supposed to be Fred Armisen but yeah. then I guess he did it and they replaced him with Brad Garrett which was awful like it was so over the top <laughs> and ridiculous that
0: that was weird
1: they kept don't... calling him Raymond the this <laughs> Hey, Raymond, Ray, my brother Ray. And there's a, little, I mean, and Karai it's as well little... in this movie, Brian.
2: Karai, gosh, I mean, yes. And yeah. Karai,
1: like, why Karai Shredder's daughter? Yeah. Why have? I mean, that's just another thing for the fans. Another character that we have to kind of know who they are yeah. and why they're there. Yeah. And,
2: and you just, know, we uh, we complain about that with X Men, and I, and I'm not a, you know, I didn't care for X Men Apocalypse, but they did a we we did complain about that that it was too you would have to have so much knowledge going in to be able to understand some of what's happening and this is absolutely it's worse than that it's worse this is worse than x-men was on that front like i haven't why would anybody know who these people are if you are not a diehard ninja turtles
0: fan yeah, I watched that movie or that TV show every week as a kid, maybe every day, however long it was. Um, And I didn't know that character at all. But <laughs> We need to get down to brass tacks here, guys. And we need to talk about, I think, the scene stealing and film stealing performance of one Laura Linney, as <laughs> Rebecca Vincent. And, well, I mean, her and I think her and Carmelo and J.J. Reddick
1: and DeAndre Jordan. Mm hmm. What's and a, Austin and Austin Rivers. What's a better Chris, per, better acting performance? Uh the last year when he was with the Mavericks, or this?
0: I would say, yeah, DeAndre was pretty good. Um, it was weird every time we tried to say a line, they would have someone would just come out and foul him. <laughs> and then it was just like it was like five minutes of kind of stuff in the movie, and it was just kind of everyone got yeah. up and got popcorn. It was just kind of I thought that was weird just from a pacing yeah. perspective. I do like the idea that they tried to get Chris Paul and he said no. So they got the backup from his own team. Like, it shows that whoever was doing casting or whatever, producing this on a cameo side, like didn't didn't understand basketball at all. Like, Oh, I can't Chris, Chris Paul. Okay. I'll get Damian Lillard. They were just like, well, who backs him up? Okay. We'll get Austin rivers,
2: <laughs> which is really a weird,
0: but I will Shit. say probably the best Austin rivers performance I've seen.
2: Yeah. Shout out to the, Pizza though for uh, for almost ending DeAndre Jordan's career, which is a a personal
1: goal of mine. So, (laughs) wow, that (laughs) pizza on the court thing was, yeah, something I had noted too.
2: Best part of the movie, really, when DeAndre Jordan almost dies. I I like that part.
0: It was was odd though that he wore his wig from the um, State Farm commercials. (laughs) (laughs) I think he might be fully just that's who he is now. Uh, So let's talk Winnie, Brian. You're one of your favorites. Fired up that she would. You sent me a text. Laura Linney is in this movie. You are oh, excited. Man.
2: That's that's the opposite of what I said. <laughs> it's the opposite. Character assassination, sir. It's weird that she's in this movie, right? Does mm-hmm. she have an Oscar or is she just nominated for an Oscar? I need to look that up? Uh, I'm on it. Because she's she doesn't been, need to be in this movie. She's been one nominated
0: for Tonys and Oscars three different times, and okay. she's won an Emmy. But she, I don't think she's won.
2: Okay. You remember when Frances McDormand? Yeah, yeah, remember when Frances McDormand was in a Transformers movie? That's very similar, except we all really like Francis McDormand. I, Laura yeah. Lenny kind of drives me a little bit insane. So it's kind of a lose lose. Like it doesn't make any sense for her to be in the movie and she's Laura Lenny. So yeah, that was an odd uh choice for the everybody. Just all around, just odd choice.
1: I think the um scene with the convoy was a very well choreographed scene where they have uh, basically Bebop and Rocksteady and Shredder in the uh, armored vehicle and the, they're chasing, the turtles are chasing them down. I th- and they, this is the first introduction we get to their new vehicle, which is apparently a garbage truck. I think that's kind of a clever idea to have a garbage truck. But the thing that's weird about it is we see them pull up in like a VW van at the end of the first movie. Like that's their new car yeah and like that's the teaser for the next movie. Hey, this is the new you know shell razor or whatever they call it, and uh,
2: nope, just kidding, nope,
1: sorry, now they have another <laughs> one. This is apparently two years takes place two years after the first one, which is funny. It's almost in real time, I guess because it's this came out two years after the first movie, so that I felt that was kind of weird. I was like, that's not the car I was expecting them to be driving, but I thought there was some fun action in that scene. Uh, like when Raph jumps out of the back and jumps on the motorcycles and things like that's the stupid sure. fun action you can do with the turtles that you can't sure. almost do with even the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was fun. Kind of comic book-y, uh action. And um, the Krang stuff, Brian, like I was saying, like they, they should save that for another movie. Totally, so There's no yeah. even point in having that in here. And there's some, they have the ooze in this movie as well. You know, yeah, you the Tyler Perry Baxter Stockman thing going on, and like, Man. you got to pick a <laughs> a story to to do. Yeah, that's the problem. They you can do the Baxter Stockman thing, and like that could have been the focus of the movie, and he becomes evil at the end. You know, just like it does in the in the show, mm-hmm. and not have the Krang, and not have Casey Jones, and not have Bebop and Rox, and not have all that. You know, And yeah. maybe it would have been more tight focused uh, <laughs> story. But it just—it really is like five movies in one, kind of. And there's no <laughs> need for that to be. If they want to build something; they can kind of do that. I felt like they might—they might have they thought this was their last movie. In this, that's what it feels like—that this is their last movie in this franchise or this series. So anything we ever want to do, we have to do it now, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a little annoying. But as far as the plot line with Krang. I almost screamed in the theater when he was like, <laughs> "I shall open up a, a portal and my weapon will come through the portal." Like, is this the exact plot of the Avengers? Like, when they had to gather <laughs> like all the pieces to put together, they had to gather all the puzzle pieces from around the world and put them together, and then that opens a portal, and then that's what the mm. Technodrome comes through or whatever. I was like, that is the most cliche storyline. Yeah. Like, they even did it twice in the uh, Marvel franchise. They did mm. an Iron Man. Three, I believe, and in the <laughs> Avengers. Right. So um it is uh, it's very annoying. And it was a huge, huge letdown. I was like, are you kidding me with this? It's I'm surprised anyone at the studio wasn't like, is this the exact plot of the Avengers? <laughs> or you know what I mean? Like it's that it's almost sure. honestly that much of a ripoff. Um but the real question, guys, and uh I, I saw a lot of evidence in this. Uh, perhaps you did too. Maybe a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Now You See Me crossover in the works. <laughs> you know, when they're at the uh, the big dinner and uh, Vern... Have you been reading my journal? Vern is there and there's a, a carousel randomly at the party for no particular reason. <laughs> no reason that we know of. You know, it was obviously put there for a reason, but not that we know of. Also, did you notice the Technodrome has a giant... I on the top of it,
2: guys, eh, q d x the X files music.
1: Maybe Vern is actually Joe Bluth, the magician. And this was an illusion the entire
2: time. Uh, oh,
1: crossover.
2: I like it. I like it. Is Carmelo Anthony in the eye or is he trying to get into the <laughs> obviously eye? That's question?
1: Yeah, I think great, so. Great branding. It's a there. Maybe he's watching. recruiting mellow into the eye. We'll see. Uh, what about the uh, plane sequence? It's a, it's you know the physicality of it is ridiculous. It would never happen, but it, all, it was still a fun sequence. I thought, uh, yeah, jumping yeah, out of the plane onto the other plane, sure. And all that.
2: I I think as long as no one is talking in this movie, it's it's okay for the most part, you know. And then some of the turtles' dialogue is okay, and then pretty much when the humans or uh, or Krang. Are talking and and for the most part, bebop and rock. I, city. Was, I didn't hate bebop and rock city, but I definitely was not enthused coming out the way some of the the listeners were. I guess, but well, I yeah, you. the action sequences are <laughs> are fine. You know, they're fine. It was enjoyable and kind of knock off uh, fast and furious. So that well, was you know it was, it was okay. weird,
0: Kent, that uh, they he carried the um, money in the bank briefcase. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> James? Was, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You can put that down when you're in a movie, you know? I, I just thought that was an interesting character choice out of canon.
1: It was, uh, it was funny to see Seamus in this, that's for sure. I heard it was going to be CM Punk, but it wasn't jacked enough. Like, seriously. Uh, yeah. uh, that's actually the actual story. And CM Punk like leaked stuff about the movie, too, after he didn't get the part. and they got like Apparently this movie was going to be called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Half Shell instead of Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows was actually a video game that came out a couple even before the first movie, did I think? So they already used that movie that uh, title, but they reused it for this. But I thought it was a funny line when Raf's jumping out of the plane. He says, "What would Vin Diesel do?" Yeah, I actually laughed out loud at that. Like that sure. is a that is a funny moment. And uh, so the plane crash is absolutely ridiculous too. Like they crash it in the river and they're somehow all just fine. Like you guys okay? Yep. Like that's basically what the what it came down to. Yeah. But uh, that was a fun sequence. That's the kind of stuff stuff you can do. And the only that the only standout sequences in the first movie is that snow sequence when they're like sliding down the hill. I think that's still pretty decent. When I went back and watched uh, watched it before this, and uh, the the elevator scene. That's kind of a random moment where the turtles being the turtles, and uh, they, they joked on this. Movie when they were making it said yeah actually the whole movie takes place in strictly in an elevator the entire time just make all I do the remember that me. was
2: the only time I laughed during the first one so it's good
1: Mikey yeah it's a good moment it's funny definitely sure. funny um and I thought the bit with Vern although it was with Will Arnett with when he was looking for the camera and he and he was pulling the cord all the way around the thing and ended up where, where it started. I thought that was such a vintage bit. That's something you would see on an, I love Lucy episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was so, fu- so random and how they had that little door right underneath it too. Like the camera tilts down and there's a little door right there. Uh, I thought that was a funny moment as well. Sure. That's, um, it's about all they used of Will Arnett, other than him selling his own breath.
2: Uh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I didn't know you would love that. It's a bummer because I do I like Arnett and I it's maybe I just need to re-establish my standards for what I think he's going to do because I I I still find myself like oh Arnett's in this that'll be cool and then like Never reminding is. myself no the last ten years have been pretty terrible so he was funny he I think we might do a pop star episode I saw that yesterday and he's really funny in that yep. makes a little cameo is very funny so I, I think he can be funny it's just maybe it's just limited doses and Job and that's it. We get an actual look
1: at the inside of their new cave, which is really pretty sweet. And actually the interior of the of their car, like they do a whole kind of pan around that. And that was really, really neat uh, to see too. I think the, like the ingenuity behind all this, like the creative design, is, aside from the turtles' faces, you know, is pretty clever uh, in all this and kind of a real world uh, type scenario. As far as the, they try to work in the secret of the ooze here you know, too much. And I feel like that whole plot line with the turtles wanting to be human or whatever, and arguing about that. I thought that was kind of (laughs) forced, um, in a way, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, like the create, to create tension within the turtles and it's only so that the payoff at the end can be who wants to be normal, you know, like that's the entire reason for that entire plot line. All the, they, uh, or to like cross this over with Secret of the Ooze, like to say, this is the second one. It has to rip off Secret of the Ooze in some way, you know. Uh, yeah. And um, so that – that I didn't enjoy that plotline at all. But anything else you guys have to say about Turtles? I think this knew exactly what it wanted to be and, uh, you know, it knew it wasn't going to be well-received for a lot of people, but it knows its audience, I think. And I think uh there was enough in me as a turtle fan in this one to enjoy myself at least uh you guys have any other thoughts? no <laughs> I'm
2: done i think you you've let the anger out. I just the don't I, this is I just don't like talking about this kind of movie like it just feels like I'm gonna get angry tweets, which I don't care about, but it I just don't like having that that feeling of this should be something that I would at least come out and say no it was fun and it, it I just didn't have that experience I, I do think it got better as it went partly because there's less talking in the second half of the film than in than the first half but it, the first half just really left such a bad taste in my mouth that I, I don't feel like I could really get past it
1: okay let's uh, hit grades then I'm gonna give this a C plus
2: uh Brian I'm going to go, I want to say a D, but I'm going to give it the rarest of grades for me, which is a C minus, C minus.
0: Okay, Richard. Going hardcore F, guys.
1: F F E F. Biggest F. I can give. Stephen Amell gets an A, though, for his. Oh, he was so throw. bad.
2: He's not bad on Arrow. I don't know yeah. how he's, I mean, he looked like, he seemed like somebody who had literally never acted before. It was awful.
1: Do they really need to get Tony Shaloub to do the voice of Splinter? Like, you that's, can get anybody. That's, that's the main Shalhoub. reason
2: Richard gave it an F. Is exactly. Of Tony exactly. I hate Tony Shalhoub. <laughs>
1: Why is that? Why Splinter that didn't
2: even need to be in this movie. Like, <laughs> half of this movie didn't need to be in this movie. Oh, that's 100% true. More than half.
1: Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So, uh, let's move on, guys. Let's uh, hit our recommend real quick.
2: Weekly recommends.
1: I am going to recommend... The Mad About Movies newsletter first. Nice. Um, you can subscribe at com slash newsletter. And uh, we send out one every month. And we're going to put the archived ones on there. So sign up now. It's free. We send one a month. And it's kind of a bathroom reader type of thing, if you will. Uh, it's uh, just funny little uh, bits from us. Some, a few little articles. Some recommends. Just what's coming out on movie. I mean, what's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. The next coming weeks, what's coming out in theaters the next coming weeks, and just a just a simple little read it might take you five ten minutes to read the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with it so far. Some exclusive content, content that we might not even post on the blog or anything like that. And uh, so this past week, we had a hundred percent real conversation with Zack Snyder. Hundred percent real conversation with uh, the director of BVS, Batman vs Superman. Zack Snyder, we talked talked a lot about that and vaping and among other things, but uh, you can read that interview in there. And uh, I counted down a list of ten unnecessary sequels, so check that out and subscribe at madaboutmoviespodcast.com dot com slash newsletter. But my recommend will be uh, now you see me, go see it, prep your mind, get prepped, yeah. And uh, yeah. I I haven't seen it since the theater. I haven't either in its entirety, so I'm going to do that.
2: I'm hosting a screening for my my friends, and then we're going to go see the sequel. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. He he might not be your (laughs) friend anymore after that. I know. It might might be over after
1: that. Well, that'll be a a fun time. Don't you think – I think there's a new Now You See Me on the horizon, and I saw the trailer for it. It's called Nerve – did you see the trailer for this? With no, I didn't, I didn't see the and I Dave wouldn't. Franco. No. Okay. Look at the trailer for this. It's the new. It's gonna be the new. Now you see me. It mm-hmm. is. It it looks pretty ridiculous. It's about like a. Like a giant video, video game or something. I don't know. It, it was, it was interesting. But I'm looking forward to it. So that's my recommend. Uh, Richard, what are you gonna recommend?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to recommend something I recommended uh, on last week's episode as the Audible recommend, but uh, it's a really strong book out. came out, uh, if you're listening to this, it came out yesterday, uh, Tuesday the 7th, um, and it's a uh, book called "What if, But What If We're Wrong by Chuck Klosterman. It's about, uh, it's about, it's kind of a pop futurism book. It's discussing the future um, in sort of an interesting way. Um, it's a little different than a lot of his other books. His books. It's a little more kind of Gladwellian. Um, it's got kind of central thesis and, and proves that through various aspects of culture, literature, music, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a great, uh, actually, I'm uh, audible I've been on the road all week um, and just been enjoying my drives immensely. Listen to a couple hours every day of that. And uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting book. I think it's going to be one of the more thought provoking books of the next five or 10 years in terms of culture. And if you like the show, you probably at least have a passive interest in culture, so you should check it out.
1: I am excited about that. I'm excited about Audible, and I'm excited about uh, next week, because Now You See Me Too is the episode we'll Mm. be doing. Mm. And maybe the most anticipated episode in the history of the show, other than Batman vs Superman. (laughs) Maybe. It may be. The time has come. We might Uh, do, let's just do four hours. I'm in. Should
0: we see it together? Should we try to see it together?
1: Uh, I'm not, I'm going to be gone this weekend. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm not going to be able to see it until, uh, till I get back. So, um. I may wait and go with you
0: because that's a friendship tradition of ours. You want to try to do that? I may wait.
1: It's going to be, it's going to be like after the weekend. It's going to be like next Monday, but I would love to meet up and do that. Okay. We did experience that together. It was a great time. Mm -hmm. The best time. Well, we have lost Brian. He had other things to do. His other podcast uh, was
0: starting.
1: Another podcast I had to record. But if you want to find him online, you can find him at Beagle12 on Twitter. Or uh, you can find his writing and some of his blog work on our website. Mm -hmm. And that site is madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. And what about you, Richard? You can find
0: me on Twitter at Richard Barton at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And in the Mad About Movies newsletter, once again, new issue out Uh, this month the next issue in july will be out first week of july we already have some great content planned for that so subscribe at com slash newsletter seriously guys it's it's uh it's been really fun the response has been great and it's not a burden we will never email you more than once a month so just think of it as a, a magazine that comes once a month for your uh like ken said your toilet time or your before bedtime or something and uh it's uh it's hopefully good and funny and amusing so uh make sure you check that out
1: and also follow us on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. We don't promote yeah. that enough. We yeah. do tweet a lot from our show's account and like us on Facebook as well. We do have a Facebook page. Yeah. And until uh, next week, uh, we'll see you on the carousel.
0: Let's <laughs> oh, see die. what you did there. The closer you are, the less you'll see. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha, 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 but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. eggs. They're calling again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya,
2: ya, salads and scrambled eggs.
0: They're calling again.